Under the Radar, bringing movies and people together, one frame at a time. Hey guys, I'm Randy Younger, and this is another episode of Unger the Radar, bringing movies and people together one frame at a time. And with me today, uh, we have a, a veteran uh, critic to the show and a good friend, Ivy Lofberg. Welcome back, Ivy. Thank you. It's so great to be back. It's been a while. It's been a few months, but um, you know, I, the last time we reviewed, it was a it was a Nicolas Cage double feature, which I was really happy about. Uh, we did Renfield and Vampire's Kiss. Uh, I thought it was a very appropriate combination. And, uh, you know, I thought we had a great time reviewing those two movies. And I just want to welcome you back. How's everything been since Renfield, Ivy? Super good. Yeah. It's funny because I feel like we're kind of starting to enter Renfield season now with October right around the corner. So good, good time to be back. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. We're going to get a lot of fun uh, Halloween themed uh, reviews. So I am excited about that too. For today, we're not going to really be discussing scary films, but we are going to be discussing violent films. For those watching at home, if you're a little squeamish, we will be discussing some violent, uh, you know, plot points in certain movies. We'll, we'll try to keep that at a minimum. The first film that is now out on Amazon Prime Video it's called The Baker, and it stars Ron Perlman as an aging uh, baker who has a particular set of skills and uses these skills to protect his granddaughter after his son basically gets involved in some, some shady dealings. And now it's up to Ron Perlman's character, The Baker, to become The Butcher. I thought this film was okay. You know, it did not impress me uh, in the least. You know, it was very well acted by the three main leads especially the young girl. Her name is Emma Hope. And young girl, she's basically uh, mute throughout the whole film. And she actually serves as a good foil to uh, Ron Perlman's Baker. You know, we've seen this type of film a, a lot over the decades. You know, this aging guy who kind of gets, he springs back into action to basically serve his own kind of vigilante justice. Yeah, average film, didn't think it was great, but it was still watchable. Ivy, thoughts on The Baker? Yeah, I, I really agree with you, Randy. I felt like it was pretty, it was like decent. You know, it was watchable. It, it was kind of, a, kind of a way to pass the time. It didn't like rock my world in any way. But I, I also do really think that those are like really reliable, good plots, you know, it, where it always keeps the story interesting of, Someone who like the 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 Baker character who wants to be done, you know, with with his old life and is trying so hard, but he's really a, like a hero at heart, and he has to save his grandchildren, his grandchild. So he has to, you know, come back um, and use his skill set, you know, for like justice. And and I I feel like that is always I, I think that's not that hard to mess up you know because I like in in its storyline it's really interesting you know and compelling but I I agree with you it was it was like a pretty predictable version of that like I kind of just knew right away you know when the son dropped the daughter off what was gonna happen and how it was all gonna go and it's like right. oh, you know this will be 
you know, a, a decent ride. Yeah. Like we get a movie like this, like it seems like every few months, you know, and usually in this type of movie, we would get maybe Liam Neeson, you know, Nicolas Cage has also been guilty of uh, taking roles like this. So it was good to see Ron Perlman because, you know, Ron Perlman, obviously a very seasoned character actor, probably, you know, best known as Hellboy, the first Hellboy. And among other like tough guy roles, one of which one film we're going to be discussing in a few minutes for our retro review. But yeah, this is just, you know, it's just a cookie cutter action thriller, not really offering much new, you know, much that's that's new. The fight choreo choreography was okay. You know, it just, I don't know. I, I wanted more, you know, but you know, going into it, you 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 get what you you pay for basically with a movie like The Baker. So totally. it it was yeah. interesting to see Harvey Keitel in there, right? Too, I, you know, just yeah, he he was yeah he was good. It felt kind of like everyone was like doing their jobs, and you <laughs> right. know, I I also agree. It was fun to see Ron Ron Perlman in that kind of role was was interesting um I always remember him too from Beauty and the Beast <laughs> and he's always a really interesting actor I feel like and I I think that that's what made it more watchable is I think that if it was a less interesting actor I think it would have just been too boring but I think you know yeah. just he has a really unique appearance and he he uses it really well I feel like and I think he he was bringing a lot a lot to the role too. Yeah, yeah, he definitely he wasn't phoning it in. Um, unlike some of the other actors, one of the actors that did kind of seem to that like he was there but not really there, Elias Kotias, who was basically one of the uh, the the shady uh, criminals in this film. Elias Kotias obviously. Everybody knows him as Casey Jones from the first Ninja Turtles movie back in 1990, uh, among many other performances. I wanted more from him. I, I felt like he was kind of, you know, he was kind of stepping back a bit. He wasn't really giving his all in the performance. But and I, 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 I hate to say this about Harvey Keitel, but well, he wasn't he wasn't phoning it in, but he just wasn't utilized as much as I would have wanted because you know, I love, I love Keitel. I've loved him since Taxi Drivers and since Mean Streets. He's a fantastic actor. And he was part of the reason why I wanted to, I picked this film just because of his star power. So he was only in the film, I want to say like five minutes tops, right? And um, wanted a, much more from him. Same with, uh, from Joel David Moore, who plays um, the Baker's son. And I I know him best from Grandma's Boy, which was a really fun stoner comedy in 2006. He was also in Avatar. I think it was in the sequel too. But he, he's a very uh, good actor too. So I, I wanted more of him as well. I sorry to interrupt, but I I agree with you. I I think that that was uh, something that that did hurt the movie is because he was right there at the beginning. You know, he really was the the force of of getting into the the movie. And I I also felt too like, you know, he he wasn't really like I didn't feel like I really was that concerned about what right. was. Going in his life yeah. he was just so with his dad he was just like 
so nonchalant. Like he, he just didn't feel like he was like plugged into like the real stakes of anything that right. was happen. Like what kind of what did he expect was going to happen with <laughs> with stealing money like that from such violent criminals like <laughs> it felt like he was honing it in yeah you know so these are some really good uh characters it's just that the, they weren't they tied into each other they weren't like i don't know the, the connectors between each individual character was off maybe it, it was the script that was lacking maybe you know if, if the script were tighter and uh, the characters would have been more you know connected like especially like a, a father son uh, relationship, which is really important to any form of uh, you know dramatic art. You know, I I think that 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 father son connection was severely lacking, and it was part of this film's um, one of its negatives. I'd say. I I think so too because it for the thing that was the main plot point of the whole movie, you know, is that. And I understand too that they had to kind of play it that they didn't have a relationship and he just wanted to not have a relationship and kind of felt like it's like I think Ron Perlman yeah. played it well that you know that he was concerned it, it feels like that his PTSD and kind of his real like brutal skill set is not great to have around children <laughs> so I, I feel like that would have been more interesting too. I feel like to play off of like that he was protecting his his kid in a way by isolating himself from them, you know, because of what he was capable of, and this kind of felt like his son had, yeah, it, it didn't feel like he was his son. It felt like even right. movies I've seen where those relationships are strained or they don't have any relationship, like this really felt like he was dropping him off at like a a, a friend of a friend. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's 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 disappointing, but you know, again, I as I said, you get get what you pay for. Movie like this, it is, you know, it, we get to get this type of movie at least once a month. And yeah, it is nice to see Ron Perlman shine in an action role like this cuz you know, like you said he's got a very unique look and he keeps things interesting. So, I am I'm fairly happy with this movie. I probably won't see it again ever we'll see maybe but um i i am definitely um re I'm, I'm invested in ron perlman's filmography now speaking of which uh he he was in a film uh that was in 2011 where he he had a relatively small part he played like this uh like a criminal uh henchman mafia henchman the film is called drive and it is one of my all-time favorite crime thrillers slash action films. And in case you guys watching and listening are not familiar, Drive stars Ryan Gosling as an unnamed driver. He's basically a, a Hollywood stuntman, stunt driver, who basically moonlights as a getaway driver for uh, criminals. And he gets involved. It's a, it's a very sordid mess. He gets involved with this woman played by Carrie Mulligan. She has a son. Her husband has just been released from prison and basically uh, Gosling's character and Oscar Isaac's character team up to uh, basically rob a pawn shop. It all goes horribly wrong and the mafiosos behind it, played by a wonderful, wonderful Albert Brooks, my, one of my favorite actors, 
in a rare villainous role. Uh, his uh, number two man is uh, Nino, a, a very like a brute. He's like a really he's played by Ron Perlman and he is just he's pretty scary in this movie. But uh, Drive 2011. This is a retro review of that. Love this movie. And yeah, it's one of the first times I actually really noticed Ron Perlman, who gives it his all in this performance as Nino. And this film just does not disappoint. I rewatched it just a couple nights ago and it holds up. It, it, does, it only gets better, actually. <laughs> but uh, Ivy, Drive, what are your impressions? <laughs> Yeah, also couldn't agree with you more, Randy. It's also one of my favorite uh, crime action or thriller. What that whole category <laughs> exists in everything. I, everything. <laughs> I think it's um, one of the best movies of 2011. It really, I feel like it belongs in like those the list of like greatest films. It, I, I think it's a masterpiece and. I, what I love most about it too is, is it feels, I love movies where it's like they, it feels like LA. Like it feels like this is happening in LA. I feel like Ryan Gosling, that character has probably been my Uber driver. Like I, like, <laughs> I hope know, not. <laughs> but it feels like it, it, it really captures like, what's so bizarre about LA I feel like the the undercurrent of of like this of all the the really wild um meeting points I feel like that LA has I feel like the film really it's like one of those movies that could I feel like could only take place in, a, in LA because it so captures so much of that you like uh, someone who's like a stunt driver um by day and moonlights is like a, a a driver at night for for criminals who also is you know wanting to make the jump into being a race car driver hopefully um <laughs> like all, all these different meeting points i like um and kind of just this character where you you just don't know where he came from you don't know yeah. anything about him through Throughout the whole movie, you never learn anything about him, but it, it doesn't. Matter. It's got mm. like um like a like a Clint Eastwood, Sergio Leone uh, type of uh, vibe to it. The, the man with no name, you know, who just kind of randomly swoops in and 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 delivers justice, and just really, even though he's a criminal, he's a getaway driver, he's still like his heart is in the right place, you know, and what he is doing is more morally ambiguous throughout the whole movie but I think um he's a fantastic character uh you know like it is a love letter to LA I mean I haven't spent much time in LA but it does feel like that would be what it would a, a very good depiction of that of that city also I want to talk about the um the style of the film and the soundtrack it's like it's very very hip very 80s kind of funky and like it, it kind of timeless in a way. I just also want to give um, a shout out to uh, the director, Nicholas Winding, Nicholas Winding Refn. Uh, if I'm butchering that, Mr. Refn, I apologize. But yeah, uh, he has done a fantastic job with this movie. Just everything from the lighting to the editing to the sound design. The sound actually, the, the sound editing was actually nominated at the Academy Awards that year. Uh, I believe that was the only nomination 
But this, I'm surprised this film wasn't even nominated for Best Picture because this had a good shot, really. It it debuted at the two the 2011 uh, Cannes Film Festival. There was a standing ovation for that, and it also uh, won Best Director for Mr. Reffin. And yeah, this movie it just like I said, um, I haven't I haven't it's been a few years since I've seen it, but I rewatched it just a few nights ago and just great. It got better with time. But yeah, uh, Ron Perlman, he's in it. He serves his purpose in the film. You know, he has a doesn't have a lot of screen time, but when he does, he he pretty much lights up the screen. So I'm really happy um, with his performance and everybody else in the cast. Mentioned Gosling, uh, Carrie Mulligan. Didn't mention Brian Cranston yet, who's also fantastic in this. Uh, he basically plays Ryan Gosling's uh, boss at the local garage, who is involved with Albert Brooks' character. Christina Hendricks has a very small part uh, during the robbery. And Oscar Isaac is, this is actually one of the first performances I've seen of his. And I love him. Uh, I love the whole cast, really. And they have all gone on to do great things. Ivy, what did you think of the, of the cast uh, overall? Yeah, I I completely agree. I feel like everybody in this cast was new. It felt like they knew they were a part of something great. And they just all gave it hmm. their best. I, I, I feel like it really reflects him as a director because he got uh, these performances like out of Albert Brooks that was so yeah. terrifying. Oh my gosh. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, that like the scenes where he's just, um, he is like one of the scariest people like you never want to, <laughs> never want to meet. Yeah. Um, and you're, you're so right. He's known for being incredibly funny and he uses all of that in such a terrifying way in this role. And, and um, I agree. Christine Hendricks was wonderful and such a surprise um, to see her play a, a character like that. And uh, Carrie was wonderful. I, I always really like her work a lot. She, I feel like she does such a great job of like, she really can, appear like you know like a sing like a mom you know living in LA raising a kid with kind of a criminal husband like she just really disappeared into that role in in the best way and and she was such a sympathetic character you know I I really I absolutely love to um he that they made her like so like uh sympathetic and also just how naive she was, you know, that she thought um, her husband who just got out of prison was beaten up by some drunk teenagers. Like she believed that story, you know, and in that moment, you know, Ryan's character was like, oh, <laughs> I really have to protect this like baby bird. Like she really <laughs> doesn't know what's going on in the world. Um, and and I thought that was really, really cool, you know, that, um, that she kind of played it um, is just this really sympathetic, sweet woman, you know, who um, needed some real protection and, mm. and, but not in a way that she didn't seem helpless. She just seemed like a bit in over her head. <laughs> yeah. She was, yeah, she was definitely in the middle of this situation. And, you know, we, it was kind of terrifying. Like, is Albert Brooks going to come after her? Like, is this, you know, is, are, is Benicio next? Is the, you know, because she's so innocent and she's she's just trying to 
make sense of it all. So like getting involved with with Standard, played by Oscar Isaac, and then getting involved with with the driver. You know, she she just has bad luck with men, it seems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and but, I think <laughs> that's what I loved so much about it too is that you know I I did live in LA for quite a few years and and it does it's because it, the city is just so spread out and people you know really come there to become a lot of people to become successful at you know in the the film industry or at least to make money from it so it I I feel like like it is so that's why I love the movie so much like it's so easy to imagine living next to a character. <laughs> like Ryan Gosling um where you don't know where he came from you don't know anything about him but somehow you know he has the charisma that you don't even care you know like like they really that city really attracts characters like that yeah that's true um again I have never lived in LA I've, I've visited I love it um I have not really you know explored the nightlife but uh, I am intrigued now revisiting this film um, compared to New York, New York versus LA on film, which do you prefer Ivy? <laughs> oh, what a great question. I think LA actually. Okay. Yeah. I think LA because it is like, I love Mulholland Drive because I feel like what's really interesting about New York is I feel, and I love movies of New York too so much. And New York is pretty much everything is, not everything, but a lot of things are on the surface, you know, mm -hmm. like oh. you can see, you know, the stuff that's happening is kind of happening in, in front of, of a lot of people generally, you know, mm -hmm. where I think um, LA really is, is very mysterious. Like it has a, a mysterious kind of feeling to it where it, it feels like really translates really well on film as kind of this like spooky, kind of otherworldly feeling that it that you like I feel like I I uh saw Mulholland Drive and then I I in Drive and then I lived in LA and then I understood the movies <laughs> okay that's cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah now I I have to to spend about a year in LA to um to realize, <laughs> realize your your point there so maybe in the future we'll see. I've always I've always had a soft spot for for California. I, you know, I've been I was born and raised in Queens, and I feel like the West Coast is calling. But that is another episode, I think, or something else. So yeah, oh god, drive. I I can't talk. Uh, I can't say enough good things about this film. You know, and you know, I I I have to mention Albert Brooks again uh, because he's one of my favorite actors. Uh, Ivy, are are you a fan of the man's uh, work of his comedic stuff? And he's done some dramatic stuff too. Are you do you do you like Brooks? <laughs> I love I love uh, defending your life. It's one yes. of my favorite movies. Um, I'm forgetting Lost in America. Is, that was very good. That was uh, yeah, good. he really brings that. He brings a, a special quality that um, it, it feels like I've never. Um, I'm, he's one of my favorite. Like I've never seen him really in anything where I felt like it was disappointing. Like he he just brings such an incredible quality to whatever he does, and um, I, I felt like it was a really great idea to yeah. like. It, it would be interesting to read up a little bit on what made the director decide um, to approach Albert Brooks to play right. this 
really dramatic, scary role and um and really kind of use all of his like deadpanness and and yeah. uh, to be this really scary scary guy you know and who really could do horrendous things without you even yeah. really realizing done them well, let me read this real quick on on wikipedia here um Albert Brooks plays the foul-mouthed, morose Bernie Rose. When Ruffin suggested him, Gosling agreed, but thought the actor might not want to play a character who is violent and sullen or appear in a film that he did not work on himself. Brooks accepted the role to go against type, and because he loved that, Bernie was not a cliche. And, uh, yeah, I guess he just wanted to to, to branch out. Uh, maybe it was a challenge for him. He wanted to... He welcomed that challenge because um, for, like... 45 years uh brooks has been you know a comedian a funny man and a lot of like ro romantic comedies so brilliant brilliant choice on his part on the director's part for casting him it's weird they, they i think they did something to his hair his makeup to kind of make him look sinister and yeah. it, it 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 really worked because it's crazy this is the same guy who voiced uh marlin in finding nemo <laughs> it's like what is going on here but uh it works it works exceptionally well there is a scene i'm not going to get into gory detail but there is a a straight edge razor which that scene sticks with me to this day and it's just horrific so those who have not seen drive yet be prepared. It is a very violent film. It's it's crazy. It's it's but it's it's awesome. It's one. It's definitely definitely one of the best films of 2011, and quite possibly of the 21st century. The Baker currently uh, available to rent or buy on Amazon Prime Video. So check that out if you feel so inclined. If you want something other than a Liam Neeson action movie, there you go. <laughs> Uh, and also Drive, um, I believe, is also streaming. Uh, I'm not sure where, but it's it's pretty easy to find. Uh, just buy it on Blu-ray. It's it's that good. We have a couple minutes left, IV, and I just wanted to see, are there any any plugs, any projects you're working on now? Uh, yeah, I'm doing a fun project on my Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is just my name, at Ivy Lockberg. And I'm doing something called Film Remedy, where um, I just picked a monthly theme and then I have share films that are uh, about that theme and so this month the theme fresh starts so it's all films and just little descriptions of why that film is a good fit for the theme it's like little mini reviews um just to kind of share there's just so many great films out there. I feel like, you know, especially with streaming, um, there's just so many incredible films out there that I, I feel like just get lost really quickly and, and they just get lost in the feed. And so I kind of am doing this too, just from decades of, of watching movies and just wanting to share with people. I really, I do a movie a day and I have a, a movie a day for years and years. So, <laughs> so um, check it out. So a movie a day on your Instagram? Like a, yeah. um okay. I'm checking it out now. I'll check it out later. But um <laughs> very exciting stuff. Congratulations, Ivy. Awesome. Uh and as for me, um, I just want to do a quick plug for this uh this new musical. It's actually a really fun musical called Junk. And it stars Tim Moss and Robbie Wayne, basically about uh two individuals who are cleaning out a relative's um 
house in the like in a rural part of America. And uh, yeah, it's actually got some good songs in it. It's, it's catchy. It's uh, it's pretty funny too. And it stars Tim Moss and Robbie Wayne. So uh, I will have more information regarding that uh, project uh, soon, I hope. But uh, also, if you want to see new episodes of Under the Radar, just tune in um, to uh, Manhattan Neighborhood Network, Mondays at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, and as always on Sirius XM through Slam Radio SXM every Thursday night at 8 o'clock Eastern, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. So tune in for those episodes. Ivy, I want to thank you so much for your time. You're awesome. <laughs> and hey, Benny. So great to be here. Yeah, you're always welcome. You know that. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So guys, I'm Randy Younger. This has been Under the Radar, bringing movies and people together one frame at a time. We'll see you next time. Take care, guys. <laughs>